This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Live from the Accessible Media Studios, this is Kelly and Rumia. Entertainment, lifestyle, and great conversation. It's AMI's on-air community, and everyone's invited. This is Kelly and Rumia on AMI daily, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you're joining us via audio or via TV, we appreciate your company until 4 p.m., and I wanted to tell you right off the top, because we're hearing that the deadline's getting closer, so you got to pay attention, okay? The contest that's all the buzz right now is the Dream Big Contest here at AMI. It's going on until February 8th. We're getting closer. Enter now for your chance to win a Pro Adapt mattress. This is a really cool mattress. Tempur-Pedic mattresses are designed with one-of-a-kind temper material to precisely adapt to your weight, your shape and your temperature, offering unmatched comfort and support. We talked a lot about it on the launch of the show a couple of weeks ago. Was that a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, I guess so. Close mm-hmm. enough. A week and a half. Yeah. And it was really, really fun to discuss it, discuss the the um, perspectives of people who've tried it, but also how you might feel if you win it during this contest. For the complete rules and how to enter, visit ami.ca slash krcontest, kr for Kelly and Romeo. And uh, that's all for that. I'm Ramia Amadin. Of course, I'm sitting here in Toronto at the set here at AMI uh, behind an oblong white table and in front of the skyline for Toronto, as well as some lit up purple and white pillars. I'm wearing a white top um, and over that is a black jean jacket. And I have my hair in a tiny little braid today that's flipped in front. Kelly, how about you? Give us a bit of a self-description. Well, here at the London, Ontario studio, good day to everybody. Uh, Behind me, the skyline of Toronto, a little bit hazy kind of day, if you want to call it that. In behind me with the CN Tower on my left shoulder back there. There we go. Got the bay shirt on and, of course, trademark fedora. Appreciate you being with us today and looking forward to today's show, Ramya. Absolutely. Let's look forward to some of that specific content. Audio entertainment and tech contributor Mike Fair is joining us today. He's our weekly Thursday contributor, and he's talking about an audiobook with fun and accessible trivia involved as well. Hmm. Hmm, that's a fascinating trivia. Hmm. All right. Well, get it. We'll, we'll dig that with him in a little bit. Uh, we have our monthly Curious Minds segment on the program with Christine Malik, our host for that. Today we'll be talking about open. AI chatbot, which we've spoke about on the program. It's an interactive uh, artificial intelligence that has been getting so much attention lately. Yep. It's uh, kind of scary. Yep, and I'm curious about the accessibility about it too. Uh, also, because it's Thursday, we have our weekly roundtable, and our lucky victim, I mean friend, guest today, <laughs> is content development specialist Jim Crisco. Kelly, you'll be facilitating that in the second hour of the show. Looking forward to the content. Um, Let's talk about things going on in Canada. The first shipment of children's pain reliever, uh, let me just make sure I'm saying that, yes, children's pain reliever, the Alberta government had ordered, has arrived and will be distributed to hospitals immediately. The province bought the liquid acetaminophen late last fall, as hospitals in Alberta and other parts of the country were struggling to deal with a spike in several respiratory illnesses. 
The United Conservative Party government says the shipment of 250,000 bottles will bolster supplies and make sure that children who are being treated in hospitals can get the pain and fever relief they need. Another 4.75 million bottles are on order. They have childproof caps and will be distributed to pharmacies. Don Kelly, the Canadian Press. Thanks, Don. So I guess the reason why this stuck out to me like a sore thumb is because it feels a little bit like deja vu. Kells, when we were talking vaccines, wax, vaccine awareness, vaccine availability, uh, when it came to COVID-19, and all of these kind of day-in, day-out updates of what's available, what's not available, are we, do we have enough of it? And now this is obviously not the same situation, but it was just a point that I thought felt very parallel. Uh, we mm. knew that late last year the the availability for children's um, cold medicine and painkillers and all these other things were just flying off the shelves and not available. So it, even in that sense, reminds me of toilet paper problems. <laughs> it just seems to be we've lived with this for a few years. I think it's a, a, a heightened fear of it. I mean, obviously it's a problem. Obviously it's happening. I don't mean to suggest that we're being a little, oh, come on, it's not that bad. Mm -hmm. uh, there's definitely, uh, you know, breaks and chains, getting things from here to there in the world going on. And it's been a really tough tough go that way. But where we get scared is we're just not used to hearing we can't get pain medication, we can't get yep. medications overall, whether it's the issues with Ozempic a, a, a and, and, and stuff like that we're hearing going on in the United States and Trulicity and different things like that, or things just like this, cold, cough, flu, that we know this is the crazy season for it. And it's not just a lot of use because everybody's scared, it's just that supply chain. And uh, we hear about it. I'm sure there's been delays or, or things kind of used up and delays in getting stuff for years, Ramya. But right now, we are so hypersensitive yep. about everything. Yep. We're paranoid. We want to get ahead of the game. Uh, you're absolutely right about being sensitive. And also, like... The, the real like tactile issue here is that children are getting sick everywhere. We're hearing this, people being pulled out of daycares, being sent to daycares two days, three days later, being pulled out again because children are getting sick. So I'm assuming the paranoia is very real for a lot of parents and caregivers because uh, of the lack of availability. So Well, and you're, you're getting sick and we don't know sick with which thing. Yep. That's what really yep. is scary. Absolutely. Well, this is just a one um, tiny little discussion. We have so many more of this kind of thing mm. ahead on the show. After the break, we're talking to Mike Fair on a bit of a lighter note, actually, talking about an audiobook providing accessible trivia. So we'll be back with that on Kelly and Romeo. Don't miss a minute. Kelly and Romeo will be right back. There's something cool that Kelly and I have had since the beginning of launch, since the first day, and I don't think we've ever actually talked about it. And it's this really nice water bottle that I'm holding up right now. It's all white, it's metal. Um, I think actually the top may not be white. But anyway, it has Kelly and Romeo scrolled across the middle, and we both have it, Kels, and we've been, I mean, mine's always had water in it. I don't know about you. Mine too, but the thing is, what I heard tell about this bottle, before I had mine, Brock Richardson of the Neutral Zone got one. He was talking to somebody, and they said, well, we've got these bottles as part of the swag for mm -hmm. Kelly and Ramya. Well, two of them arrived. 
oh, I mean, he had his like a week and a half before sure. I had mine. Yes. Wow. I know. That's <laughs> They're quite, beautiful, though. It's quite wild. I, yeah, they are really nice. And these ones, the top comes right off, which I really enjoy. It's not like strapped to the bottle in any way. Very particular about my water bottles, if you can. I'm not a big water bottle person, mm. but I'll tell you, I keep it handy in here because the one thing that's great about it, of course, is as you reach, if you bump it, knock it over, you've got that lid, as you mentioned, and I do like that. But, uh, yeah, pretty sturdy. Not yep. one of those plastic ones that kind of rolls away, and you're like, where are you? Come back! You can definitely hear it, <laughs> which is a plus. Oh, yeah. If oh, you yeah. drop it, yeah. Feels well. I'm Ramia Amuthan of Kelly and Ramia, Kelly McDonald's over there in London, Ontario. Let's bring on our first contributor, Mike Fair, to talk audio entertainment and tech. Audio entertainment and accessible technology are increasingly important in our lives. I'm Mike Fair, here to help you make the most out of your devices. We'll share tech tips and product reviews. Plus, I'll steer you towards the best accessible games, audio dramas, and podcasts. We'll talk about it all here on Kelly and Ramya. I heard accessible games in there, and I'm curious if this is going more <laughs> that route or audiobooks route, because trivia we know can be very accessible, inclusive, and a fun way to spend time with friends or even on your own, Mike. And you today are going to tell us about a special audiobook called, okay, let's get this right, Pop Quiz Mastery Two Books One, which can provide 12 hours of mental stimulation. First of all, did we get the title right? Yes, yep, okay. it's Two Books One. I was surprised at that too. I thought, what are they going to make me pay another credit for another book? What is it? <laughs> right, right. No, it's, you get both books for one credit. Okay, cool. <laughs> Two books in one. Yeah. It, is that what attracted you to this or what did attract you? Really, it was a, a number of things. The 12-hour length, so that's, mm -hmm. that's like 12 hours, 24 minutes. So that's a lot of trivia right there, no matter how it's done. A variety of questions, lots of different styles of questions. Uh, so that's always good. Uh, the two books in one, of course. You've got the Road Trip Game Book Challenge, which is the first book. And then you have the Ultimate Pub Quiz, which is the second book. And they're both kind of di very different styles of trivia. So all of that really uh, combined, plus then I heard the audio sample, I heard how the road trip uh, challenge was done. They, I don't think, I don't remember the second book being part of the sample. Um, but boy, that was, that right away just said, yeah, you're grabbing this, Mike, you're doing this. Nice. <laughs> it was, it was a very instant decision. Well, there's a lot of fun about little facts and figures and stuff like that. I'm not going to necessarily say quizzes, <clears throat> but trivia Really kind of interesting. So I'm really interested in these questions. Why don't you want to say questions. quizzes? You're scared oh, no, we might no, have some on the show? It's a totally, totally mm -hmm. different thing. Oh, there's just no right. need for that. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, what kinds of questions, Mike, are included in each book? Well, they're both geared toward a general audience. So you're always going to have sort of pop culture, movies, music, science, history, that sort of thing. Uh, and that, that basically extends uh, through the two books. Uh, there are different styles, though. The, the road trip uh, book is made in such a way that it, it's geared towards people who can't see it, right? So you've got oh, okay. uh, sound uh, and music sort of indicating things. You've got questions with more help in general. Uh, so 50-50, multiple choice, that kind of thing. Where the, And also you have uh, some personal questions and things thrown in there, uh, brain teasers, things like that. So it's a real different mm. kind of party kind of thing. 
the second book is more traditional pub quiz. You have questions, you have the time given, then you have answers. So it's it's a very different style. And it veers more into UK and US pop culture, uh, Greek mythology. Uh, we noticed a lot oh. in the second book, uh, things like nice. that. So it kind of goes more in, in uh, uh, I guess, more subdued erudite directions in some ways. Now, I'm always curious when things are made accessible and also like do it on your own time kind of thing, uh, what happens with the Q&A? Are they just basically read aloud? Well, basically what these, they've thought that through a bit, thank goodness. So uh, the, the question's read, then there's a, brief, a period of time given and then the answer. It depends on the question how much time uh, is, is allotted and the music uh, or the... Uh, uh, there, there's music cues, things like that will indicate uh, the time. So that's really thoughtful. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the answers are given right after the questions. So you're never sneer over left hanging, uh, not knowing what the answers are. And you can use the sounds and stuff to sort of clue into how much time you're going to get, depending on the music or sound that you hear uh, mm -hmm. while the question's being read, right. how much time you have. So they really thought that through nicely. Uh, and, and you can really have a, a good experience with that. Yeah. When it comes to something like this, too, it's not just, oh, let's find a nice variety of, of questions with answers that can make most people feel they can get or at least participate and not be overwhelmed, but you can never please everyone. Uh, and, and that's okay. What's the difference? How is the second book different than The Road Trip? Well, the second book is is more muted in, in style. So, uh, it kind of puts you in mind of a restaurant atmosphere. The music is, is there's just, there's no sound effects as much, and there's just music in the background that sort of gives you a sense of timing as it goes through the round, right? So you can that track pub of feel. where you are in the round yeah. of questions. So each there are 60 rounds of questions in each book, and uh, there are several wow. questions in each round. And, and so that's, uh, that's a really nice uh, kind of system of, of dividing things up, and, and people can sort of judge their success a bit more easily because of that. I'm slowly starting to comprehend as you get into more and more detail how long this actually is, like 12 hours yes. of trivia. Yeah. <laughs> In other words, well, and, and, and what I like words, is yeah. the feel of it, right? Because it, like you said, Mike, you keep hitting it. The timing is everything, right? Mm -hmm. Giving you enough time so you don't either feel rushed but yes feel rushed like there's a sense of urgency yeah. but it's, it's so much more than just question and answer yeah yeah you know and and the second the, each book has their own kind of special the first book has the brain teasers and the uh the 50 50 choice things like that second book goes into more riddles uh things uh lyrics uh guess the actors in a movie that's a big one in the third book you get a movie and you're like which three actors are in it you have to come up with hmm. them in like 20 seconds okay what lyrics are this an artist and song are these lyrics from things like that so very kind of different elements added to each book to break up the just general trivia question answer so it's really nice in in, uh, in all those cases i could tell how this would be oh, fun cool. on your own or with other people anything else on the problems maybe of how the books are presented well, yeah a couple of, of things one of them was there was no time between the questions and the next like the answer to the one question and the next question uh, so you you get a question like you know who knows this absurd thing and someone will come up with you and be, holy crap how do you know that and by the time someone finishes <laughs> saying that you've missed the next chunk of a question right because right. You, it was just there right away right that doesn't wait so i would say be prepared to pause 
Same within the first when they throw a personal question at you, like, would you rather uh, have one year cut off your life or live it in jail, right? Like things like that, where there's, there's, you know, room for conversation, you might want to be ready to pause and have that conversation and then resume, right? If it's, if you're in a group situation. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The other and thing it's is always mispronunciation. A... Some of the, some of the oh. names and places, things like that are mispronounced would be the oh, other thing. Oh no. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that would be hard too, especially since you are appealing to different places. You know, English is English, we all say oh, yeah. here, but uh, <laughs> American, uh, you know, UK, it, it's going to be a little different in pronunciation, even region to region in Canada. Um, but it is funny, isn't it, when you stop and say, how the heck would you have known that? Anyway, on with the game. Yeah. Um, Mike, how easy is it to navigate the audiobook? Okay, this is where things got really impressive for me. I used the chapters button on the audio player, audible player, right. and it opens up and you get a list of the chapters. Each round is a chapter and nice. it's perfectly labeled. None of this number one, number two, it's round this, but you know, that sort of thing. So you can judge where you are. Uh, the beginnings and ends of books are labeled so you can quickly figure out, okay, this is that other book. You have to flick through the the chapters, right? So there's 60 rounds mm. in each book. So it's a lot of flicking, but at least it's possible to get to where you want to be. Now, the other thing is within a round, uh, you might want to go uh, and shorten the time that you the jump back and forward buttons go, because uh, it defaults to 30 seconds in Audible, but you can change that in the profile tab in the settings, and you can okay. shorten that so that you can do better. If you miss a bit of a, a question or a bit of an mm -hmm. answer, you have to go back and hear it or whatever, you can shorten the time of your jumps and that'll make navigating a lot easier within a round. Yeah, with a book like this, because it's not the typical thing we're picking up on Audible, you definitely want to customize it to this experience, especially if you're in a group, right? Like you don't want to be in the middle yeah. of a game and being like, wait, what? No, turn it back. Oh no, it's mm -hmm. gone back too far. Like that's chaotic. How exactly. well is the narration? Narration is done fairly well. We got two American uh, narrators, American accented narrators anyway. Um, and uh, yeah, they're both pretty good. You know, they uh, have their own kind of styles. James Crawford is is doing the first, uh, Jeremy Crawford, <laughs> doing the first book. And he's pretty excitable. He's, you know, he's adding the pizzazz to it all. It sounds like he's a fun companion dishing out the trivia. Yeah. And uh, does and mispronounce the that. thing. Yeah. You know, Hannah first is the second narrator, does the second book, the pub quiz. Uh, she, if anything, she might go over the top in terms of emotionality, trying to add too much to it, uh, to something that sounds so subdued. The music just makes you think of this suave evening, right? It, it, it clashes <laughs> a bit with it. But again, she, there are the odd mispronunciations and things. Uh, but both of them, I think, did, did just given the material they're working with, I think they did a really good job. They don't get tiring. You don't get tired of hearing their voices. Uh, it carries you through. And uh, so I, I think in that, in that, I would give uh, you know top marks for effort there. They they really obviously tried to eject uh, you know personality into what they were doing. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, I think it, by and large, it succeeded. They're not trying to do the whole game show vibe, right? Like when you talked no, about not, the narration really. style, I wondered about that. Okay. You'd almost not have quite, to create yeah. your own, especially like this. This has to be its own original feel to these. So how flexible is the trivia, excuse me, how flexible is this trivia book when it comes to group or solitary play, Mike? I think you can have fun both ways. And because mm -hmm. of the excellent navigation, you can break it up. You can go with this group, I'll use this round. And then I know I made it to round five with this group. So to be fair, I'll start again at 
you know, round seven with this other group so that I don't go over anything I might've heard before. Uh, right. So there yep. are ways to really manage that because of the excellent navigation uh, that you can really use this book with multiple groups. And there's 12 and a, and a half hours roughly of trivia. So there's lots to, to divide up, you know? Uh, yeah, you, you'd like, have to play a very long time, Michael, to get it memorized, wouldn't you? Oh gosh, yes. There's there's so many questions stuck in there. Like sixty rounds. Each round is is like five to seven minutes, and uh, there's got to be at least five six questions in a round. Like it's it's massive. It really is. Wow. Um, did you find? I'm sorry because it's an audiobook conversation. Partly, I have to ask. Did you ever speed it up? No, no, I can't. No, I it would work against because, you, and it would. Yes, it would work well, against that's true. The timing, Michael. the timing. Your twenty yeah. seconds. The way, the yeah, way you listen to your twenty answer, but because you sped it up, you know, that's right. Like two. Yeah, no, I don't <laughs> yeah. I was going to say you can almost <laughs> yeah, use yeah. that strategically, right? Well, you're Turn not it Ryan up when Hooli, it's the other or, team's turn. Ryan, who oh, yeah, would slow it down so he had thirty? Okay, I really like it, though. Um, I'm curious if you, you went looking for this kind of thing, Mike, or if it just kind of fell in your lap. Every once in a while, I'll get a hunch, and I'll just go put in trivia or something like that, game, comma, something like that in the search engine of Audible and just go back and see, you know, what they have. And, and, and you know, there are a lot of kind of duds there, but every once in a while, like this time, you strike something really mm-hmm. different. And that's what happened here. So I, I do that every now and then. I'll go on these little scouting trips on audible and uh, I, I almost come almost always come up with something awesome well we appreciate the review so thank you very much i hope everyone enjoys it's a, it's a nice bit of stimulation for the winter months oh yeah absolutely and there's still a couple of those we'll catch you next week mike fair joining us our audio entertainment and tech contributor today talking about pub quiz mastery two books one 12 hours of mental stimulation. After the break, we're talking about quirky stories. We're flipping through, actually, quirky stories from around the globe on What in the World with Grant Hardy. We'll be back. Stick around and learn something new. Kelly and Ramya return with more in a moment. A throw to the neutral zone, our sports show on AMI-audio and as a video podcast, of course. This week's edition of the neutral zone, Brock and the crew speak with Mario Delisle, who was recently named High Performance Director at Boccia Canada. And they're talking specifically about how his role differs from the national championships to international competitions and all in between. So you can check out the neutral zone. Tuesdays on AMI-audio and, of course, as a podcast on your favorite podcast platform and, last but not least, as a video podcast by first, by searching for The Neutral Zone on YouTube. I'm Ramia Amuthan in Toronto, and Kelly McDonald joins us from London, Ontario. Get ready to pull on your ear, sit up straight, and say, what? Wow! A lot, folks. We do this segment every couple of weeks on the program. Grant Hardy hosts it for us, and it's called What in the World? Do you want to know about the craziest stories news has to offer? Look no further than What in the World with myself, Grant Hardy, where I explore the most preposterous, comical, and mind-boggling stories from all across the globe. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm familiar with that mind-boggling. What's a new word to the show? 
Well, it oh, seemed no. vaguely familiar. I don't know. Romeo, I could hear you saying yeah? it more than I can, Grant. It's so? just kind of funny. Uh. It seems to be more of something you would say as opposed to I, Mr. Hardy. I got to disagree. Uh, I really love the way Grant said it. Pass the torch. Yeah, yeah okay. There you go, Grant. It, it's, it's yours. All right. You can claim that. Uh, every other Thursday, we flip through these quirky stories that Grant will bring to us. We call this segment, What in the World? As I aforementioned, a lot of that, huh, what, and discussion here. Mr. Hardy, the floor is yours. What in uh, the world floor? Sorry, Ramia, uh, what was that word that Kelly said he can see you saying? I, I thought he was talking about preposterous, no? No, no, I think it started with an M. A no, different word? Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we haven't done this one in a while, so I have a few things. Let's see how much we can get through. Uh, I found this really cool list on NPR, and they basically rounded up uh, from old newspapers and stuff a bunch of experts on what they thought 2023 would look like from the year 1923 and oh, some man. of them are a little uh off base here uh i'll start with health and beauty so some seers described a world full of healthier and quote unquote more beautiful people though only one explicitly linked those two ideas one writer predicted the eradication of cancer as well as tuberculosis uh hmm. polio locomotor ataxia and leprosy uh another went with the headline fewer doctors and present diseases unknown all people beautiful uh beauty contests he said will be unnecessary as there will be so many beautiful people that it will be almost impossible to select winners uh the same will apply to baby contests some focused on the personal grooming and style trends that made up the standard of beauty itself one anthropologist reportedly versed in masculine and feminine trends declared curls for men by 2023 <laughs> a similar prediction appeared in the savannah news which also forecast that women will probably be shaving their heads uh okay crazy crazy <laughs> stuff let Partly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, let's see. partly with all of that stuff, in theory, yeah. there's some of the things that we but don't worry enough, as much. They're know? gone, and there's some interesting things, and and you know, the certain you know contests for people and looks and all that. Goodness me, you know, for different reasons too, a lot of these things are gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of gizmos and gadgets and other innovations and stuff like that. Uh, let's see. Uh, one writer proposed that people will be wearing kidney cozies, what? which they, which they compared to teapot cozies for one's internal organs. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Another po posited that, uh, utensils and dwellings will be, be made largely out of pulps and cements. Uh, and next, uh, aviation pioneer Glenn Curtis predicted that 2023 uh by 2023 gasoline as a mode of power will have been replaced by radio and that the skies will be filled with myriad craft sailing uh over well-defined routes wow. uh, okay was well, that just air traffic wow. like mm, but controlled yeah, by radio like model planes mm. 
Yeah, I don't know. Like if that, as a that. resource, like that we're talking a, fl a fuel, like for, for getting rid of gasoline and yes. flying by radio. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Make a mistake you... and tune in the wrong channel while you're flying, you might drop. <laughs> Yeah, well, can you imagine if AMI, like if we had to stick around because we actually powered some of the accessible uh, vehicles in addition to yeah. doing what we do, right. that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They of course, did they mention... don't stop, Grant, when our show came on, right? <laughs> oh, of course. Of course, they would. They would stop and there. It would be mandatory. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they, they did mention smart watches, which is kind of on point. Well, there you uh, go. But they, they mentioned uh, that our life expectancy would be possibly up to 200 years. Oh. And life expectancy in the U.S. has actually gone down a little bit uh, over the past. So, yeah, that's kind of that's fascinating. Some of the <laughs> even the buildings, the buildings and what they'll be made out of. Fascinating. Right. But some you could probably say, well, that's not that far of a stretch of a prediction. But I'm going to tell you, 100 years ago to predict some of these things. Yeah. To me, it's enough of a stretch like to say, really? Buildings? Maybe not. You know, okay. I guess the it point is sense. you never know where things are going to be headed, right? Like, it's such a long of a period of time, and some of this stuff I'm actually listening to and going, okay, we were, like, we're halfway there. Maybe it's... Yeah. Well, the diseases, yeah. the diseases fascinate me, like, with the Yeah, like the vaccines and, like that, and right? all of that that we've yeah. come up with. You know, we're almost, like, we're working on it. old? What a crowded place. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know if we're evolving or devolving because a hundred years ago it was like, oh, we want to eradicate the diseases. Now it's like these diseases don't really exist. It's all a media ploy. Right. Oh, okay, <laughs> like the conspiracies. Yeah. Uh, okay. Problematic. Okay. On that note, moving on to an article that uh it surprisingly didn't even really make me roll my eyes. I guess that's just how used to it uh, we are. Uh -oh. A woman flying out of Tampa International Airport tried to bring a 1.2 meter boa constrictor onto the flight last month before a security agent noticed it. The woman claimed the boa constrictor was her emotional support pet, but yep. TSA determined that the serpent could not fly on the plane. Ah, oh, it's discrimination. And uh, a surprise. Discrimination. <laughs> Snake on a plane. This is TSA X. Oh, sorry. They have an X-ray of the plane. Kind of hard for me to describe that. Uh, TSA spokesperson Lisa Farnstein said uh, in a tweet that uh, they are not cool. TSA no uh, notified the passenger uh, that snakes on a plane is not going to work out. The tweet was accompanied by an x-ray that shows the large snake in the corner of the bag along with other items. Our officers at Tampa International Airport didn't find this hysterical, TSA wrote on an Instagram post alongside the same pic. Uh, and yeah. So they did that, not find it hysterical? They did not find it hysterical. Uh, like we're, how we're I, I must it. admit, I don't know what I would have done before this stuff hit the fan as such. In the way that it has, you know, if I were st stuck on a plane between two people and one of them having one of these support squirrels, foxes, whatever, <laughs> serpents, whatever it could be, that for a while they were stymied. I wouldn't know what to do. I'd be terrified. But I, you, you, you would know, you I'm be, not... hold on. Let's, let's, um, would you put all of those fears, the squirrels, the foxes in with snakes? Or can we, like, oh, no, break mean, the fear? But... That would be me, and that squ snake would put the squeeze. I'll support them all, right? I'll squeeze everyone. Ah, yeah. Yeah, because the 
fear is different depending on the animal, yeah. but the service animal slash emotional support mm-hmm. animal not- is the oh. very common Excuse. Snake will give you some mm-hmm. kind of support, that's for sure. I do want to ask, yes. though, was she trying to hide the snake before then they finding it and saying, oh, no, just kidding, it's my emotional support? Yeah, that's kind of weird, isn't it? Because if it's for <laughs> emotional support, you would want to, like, hold it on your lap and, you know, or have it Cuddle right at it. your feet, have it right in, in full visit. I, I think that's what I would have done. Like, can yeah, you, I would can assume you... you were getting it into the, you know, taking it on board. And, no, Excuse me, man. Guys, she tried oh, to hide no. it. So yeah, she I would have better. been like, can you can you give it, the better. snake a big you know a big hug to to demonstrate you know, <laughs> what? Right. She must have took the snake out at some point, but tried to get on. But that's a big yes. snake. It's just funny wow. because like people, I think now can utilize this excuse, right? I mean, we know that the rules are changing, and we're like, no, people, you mm. can't do this. It's not an emotional support. But she tried to hide the snake, get it in, and she knew that well, back pocket, it's an emotional support. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. It's, a, it's it like the only if I need this, this is my additional <laughs> excuse like, that I can bring out. Yeah. I know he's here. So brutal. <laughs> my goodness. My goodness. Well, they, they had all that trouble with the guide horses way back when, too, right? Like trying Aww, to. that should come back. Guide horses? I think they're still there. So I cute. Think the guide horses are still there. The okay. Ponies. It's hard enough. They can get them out in YouTube. Uh, uh, Utah. What was that, Grant? <laughs> Hard enough with guide dogs to make people understand that they right. are a real thing. No. Um, All right. Let's see. Hopefully, I won't bit butcher this one quite as much as the last one. Uh, a Pennsylvania fan, man held a pizza delivery driver hostage because he didn't have his drink. Leo Lamont oh Tony, 42, uh, <laughs> ordered a pie from Primo's Pizza. About a kilometer away, the driver told police that when he began to walk away from the customer's apartment, Tony asked where his soda was. Uh, When the delivery driver didn't give him a drink, Tony allegedly pulled the man inside and locked the door, according to the complaint uh, file. The delivery man said he managed to escape by pushing Tony, fled the scene, and immediately went back and got him a drink. No, I'm kidding. Immediately, oh, I was gonna say, and if you just kept kidding, the guy there, how's he gonna get your drink? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, cops arrived at the apartment of the accused, who allegedly smelled of alcohol and had slurred speech. Oh. The outlet reported it's unknown if Tony, who goes by the name Pooker, actually ordered a beverage or if he had just expected one to come with his pizza he's now oh, no way. one count of false imprisonment so but i mean it's frustrating when you think you're getting a soda and you're not getting a soda you don't even know if you ordered the soda <laughs> sir well i hope he had the time to eat his pizza before they took him away i wonder if he asked him guys just let me just get a little of this in first and hi is do you ever call a pizza a pie isn't it i get confused. certain styles detroit new york oh yeah, no. I, they used to they used to all be pizza, like deep dish Chicago pizza. And the uh, I, York, pie is like one that I'm not sure pie. where it's come from. Really? Yeah, we'll double check yeah, that though. I yeah, mean, the other curious. thing that's really important I, information. But I wonder at that point, like, don't you want to be like, go back and get me the drink right away? Like, what does? Well, what yeah, why would you turn him loose? Holding the guy no, inside. Come on, guys! If you turn him loose, <laughs> he's not going to come back. 
They're just going to make well, some excuse. Well, but then you call the shop and say, where's my drink, sir? It doesn't say it on the computer here. You didn't order that. Yes, I did. Get we need to follow I'm... up for this story, though. We need to actually what? know if he actually ordered a drink or not. What was his name? Pokeroo or whatever? Uh, <laughs> yes, I wonder if he said, yes. come on back. <laughs> Pokeroo, Pokeroo, Pokeroo wants his drink. <laughs> yes, Grand that's... awesome stuff, pal. All right, guys. That's too Thanks. funny. <laughs> what in the world, Grant Hardy? We do this every two weeks right here on Kelly and Ramya. I'm actually tearing up a little bit from the last story. Okay, we're going to take a break and come back with Bill Shackleton. I wonder if he's got anything funny on the docket during the buzz I wonder with if he's ever Bill. held anyone hostage. I don't think we can ask him that on air. We'll be right back. This is Kelly and Ramya. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. This is Kelly and Ramya on AMI. Thanks for joining us. We're here until 4 p.m. Eastern time for all the great content conversations and laughs that we have for you here on the show. Kelly, I have a question for you. Um, because you have your fedora on, it's a daily thing, and you've always given us some good details on the fedoras you're wearing, and I think we've had you on a collection segment last year. But did you have another hat of choice before settling on the fedora? I used to wear uh, what they call or refer to years ago, the beach hats. So for those who may remember and been able to see enough, uh, the old Gilligan's Island show, what Gilligan used to wear. The my, Mine was white, had a maple leaf on it, the one I traditionally wore, and mm. a red band around it. And then I started to buy other ones that were various colors, and I wore those for the longest time. So you've always been a hat person. I've always liked hats, and some of it was, you know, light in the eyes and stuff like that, even though they don't True. offer much peak, um, but they offer enough for me. I, I found baseball hats, nah, not my thing. Mm, okay. All right, that's cool. I've never been a hat person. I've had phases, definitely, or certain looks where I'd put on a hat, but it's it just never stuck. Now, Billy, who joins us at the bottom of the first hour, uh, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, for the buzz, Bill, have you been a hat person? sometimes or you know and it to get the sun off <clears throat> you but wear it no, sometimes to get the sun a, off yeah okay keep the sun away okay I've what never kind been of hat, hat though person. the ones with the big brim yeah i think so they like call them hat? yeah or bigger oh. i think they call them sun hats or i don't know oh, like yeah with the, the ones that go right around the whole right around yeah yeah yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yep. nice all right well both of you wait wait before we move on how about hair have you ever had fun hair no. Well, I used to have the afro when I was a kid, but oh, okay. like I said, you know, that was several decades ago. <laughs> Billy? Brush Remember any? It's, he's just a manager, you know. Yeah? Just keep it simple? Yeah. Okay. Very yeah, cool. keep it simple. All right. Sounds good. Well, thanks for indulging me, guys. Billy, what do you have for us on the buzz today? Well, this first one is, and uh, by the way, I should say, it's. I don't have anything funny today, but tomorrow I do. That's fine. Um, oh, good. He's saving a lot. To, it, it, it'll it'll be very difficult to beat Grant. Uh, <laughs> um, I'll, it's a I'll change of pace. Best. That's right. I'll yeah. do my best. So um, this comes from the Toronto Star. Plan aims to quell domestic violence launched. So basically, Peel... 
uh, I believe it's Division 5, announced on Wednesday that they are launching a new program. So basically what this program does is it tries to quell domestic violence before any criminal activity takes place. So what's going to happen is um, if you are a woman or a man in, in a relationship or in a shelter or wherever, and you think that you're, you're basically your relationship is expert is, is getting worse is, is, mm. is, is, you know, you will be able to call a safe center and they have uh, special officers trained to go out and, and, and give a woman, the woman and, you know, all the help she, she needs and the man will get special training when it comes to anger management and different ways of dealing with the anger that, that the partner feels Different from, um, you know, a typical scene where someone will call the the um, center when they're after the the physical violence has taken place. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, so I, this I like is, this if it if it yeah. can be that point of yeah. interceding, but mostly for support for for the lady. And even support for the male and, hey, what's going on? What are you feeling? What's happening? Let's see if we can help you get to where you need to get the before mediation. things go so toxic and become violent. The last thing you need. What is going on? What help do you need? I mean, it's easy for people to say, well, you know, there's never a reason to become violent. Certainly there isn't. There, there, there is no reason. Um, but sometimes when things get so distorted, people just lose themselves. And, and become somebody nobody wants to be or wants, wants to be around. So if you can help that person not get on that trail, I, I think that you're supporting, you're, you're doing what you can. You know, you just don't want it ever to get that way. You don't want someone living in fear from somebody. Uh, this will, this um, will not be a criminal um, situation. So right. yep. you're not going to get police up there with, well, I guess they're not armed or anything like that. It's just going to be strictly trying to defuse any situation that might escalate into something, you know, mm -hmm. worse. Well, yeah. one of the things people get trapped in too is if somebody says, listen, I'm leaving, I want to leave safely. This hopefully is that route to help that person do that. And, you know, where where they're not alone. Well, that's the, no one's business. Let them sort it out themselves because that's where so many things go wrong. So if someone needs help, move somewhere else. There's that ongoing checking in and, and, and you know, hope that you, these two people really care and love each other. Mm -hmm. Well, if anyone's um, recently watched Made on Netflix, it is based on a book as well, Made. Mm -hmm. It was right. such an eye-opening scenario. You know, the scenario of this woman who is um, being domestically abused. She has a kid that she goes to a shelter with and stays there. And there's all these different things that go on with it. But really, um, I think that mediation, a little mediation, can go a long way because you're dealing with patterns that people have potentially had forever, uh, patterns that they've picked up from parents and caregivers and just environments in general. And sometimes it's the diffusing is literally just being able to talk about it, creating a safe space, right? That's, that's what we're always talking about, um, creating a safe space to, for everyone to express how they feel and exactly avoid it getting treacherous in the house. So... We don't know how well it works and in terms of, like, are we going to call and contact and start this process? You know, can we rely on ourselves to do that? I'm not sure. Yeah, and you, you, 
And that's the problem. We, we don't know. Somebody listening into this conversation who's been there, you know, can yeah. probably stop and say, ain't going to work. Exactly. Or, what yes, are you talking if somebody yeah. interceded, helped me out at this point or helped him out at this point, whatever it might be, they have more of that answer, at least in their case. And mm -hmm. I know every case is going to be different. To me, it seems like a way, but a lot of people would say, well, that's interference. You don't need. That's the police. Go see a counselor. And, or, no, that wouldn't have helped me. In my, and, and you know what? Understandably, folks, not is. everybody is going to see that or understand. And we're not here to preach to you as to, oh, well, maybe if they were here, you would have been fine. Mm -hmm. We don't know that. I don't know that. And we don't know the stages of people's relationships either. We can only... Uh throw out hypotheticals and, you know, ideal scenarios. But, you know, anything can be an option if you can remember it, if it's working in the moment. The whole point is, diffusing is a lot of, like, let's pause what we're doing right now and try yeah. to think of another way to handle this. And help somebody. For somebody, Billy, you know, you know it may not be a high number, but any number is better than zero. It'll be interesting to see as this takes shape. Um, hopefully, we'll get some numbers on how this is actually working. Yeah, and the methodology. I'd really be curious what they can share. Obviously, um, you know, as to what goes on, because every case will be so different. Yeah. Uh, mm. Okay, Billy. Mm -hmm. What else you have? Um, well, Chris Hatfield um, is back in the oh. news again. Cool. Um, astronaut Chris Hatfield. Um, is going to be guest starring on a Murdoch mystery episode on Monday. This is kind of interesting. And when you basically the plot line of the story is that the portelling of Haley's comet. Um, oh and yes. Basically, yes. Well, Chris Chris Hatfield is plays uh, basically a rocket man, and. He is helping the police. The, basically, there's mass mis hysteria in the streets of Toronto. Um, and he is basically saying, well, hey, you enjoy this because it's going to be a life once in a lifetime experience. Mm -hmm. So the police are the police are dealing with, you know, people that are afraid and they're dealing with murder and all this sort of thing. And he's saying, well, hey, enjoy it because you're not going to see it again. You know, well, it's a once in a and it's interesting, Bill, when you think about when did we have it in our lifetime, Bill? 86, 7, somewhere in there? I think maybe? so. I, I, th I think it was around then, which we know that Murdoch Mysteries goes year by year by year. They're 14th now, 15th season, I think, 15th, I think. Um, and if you do the math as to when the show started, what, what, where they are, it would be about that time. So really fascinating that they're doing that, taking this tack. And, and you know, I don't, I wonder how much of that is true. How much panic was there at that time? Or is that something, obviously, hundreds of years before, you know, anything people would have saw of that would have really created panic. But this is something that at that time would have been predictable. It's it's the the most interesting thing to me about the story is you combine the then and now. So you're taking you're taking mm -hmm. a story, a series that took place in the late 1800s to early 1900s, and you're bringing in um, a Chris Hatfield who is this this you know 1970, 1980, 1990. It's a bit of an oxymoron. To and how do you the way that this plotline molds the two sort of timelines the present and the past 
if you know what you, I mean. Mm -hmm. Well, and also the concerns people had, even in our area, do you ever worry about, well, what is a comet? What, what, how is it going to affect the Earth as it passes? You know, we, we can tell you what the description is, but what, what's that going to do? Oh, and always, Bill, I remember people saying, I wonder what people years ago, hundreds of years ago, thought of this thing passing. They must have started a panic. Ah, you know, it, it, it's so true. Very interesting. Um, I don't know if I'll get to see it. Maybe it'll be on YouTube at some point, but mm. we'll, we'll see. It's a minor part, but, um, you know, he's Chris Hadfield, as you know, has been around the block. I mean, he's been on the oh, show, yeah. I'm sure, right? Yeah, we, we, we've, uh, I had him on Blindsided when we were I was doing gonna Blindsided. I going to say, not yet on this show. Yeah, not and on Chris, this show. too, what I find fantastic with him, too, a musician, right? I wonder yep. if he plays in this. Yep. I'm curious about that, too. It's the first thing I thought of, actually. Billy, last one. As legal pot grows, more kids um, uh, uh, are eating animals at home, which is kind of a scary thing. So basically, the in the U.S., as as more pot gets legal in states, you have a situation where kids as young as seven are eating edibles, which oh, are oh my goodness. cookies and you know gummy bears and whatever. It's oh. it's really why would you? You know, if you're a parent, you've got to be able to basically what they're saying is to to keep these edibles out of out of um, out of kids reach and don't they're making them look like candy. So yep, a kid picks it up and eats it and then they end up in hospital. Well, and you're getting a lot of this stuff online and it, you people are. bring it home for their own use. And these things happen where a child, oh, gosh, gummy bears. Cool. And they, they grab a few and you can't just. The way you eat gummy bears normally, you can't eat ones that are infused the same way. You you can really get into trouble, not to mention being a child. So that trouble no longer is the least bit funny. You know, something, oh, yeah. No, it's it's not. It's It could be deadly. Are there stats, Billy, on any of this or, you know, what well, kind than, of numbers? More than, more than 7,000, I believe, this last year. Kids. Um, kids, yeah, yeah, that's um, going to hospital, isn't it, Bill? Like, yeah, going up, to hospital, in the, in going the to hospital. hospital. No, yeah. that is pretty scary. I know that the the norm is changing when it comes to pot edibles, anyway. But um, it, it's kind of like what used to be getting into your parents' liquor or something like that. But yeah, I feel oh, like yeah. that's even totally <laughs> different, though, because when you get into your parents' liquor cabinet or cigarettes, you kind of know what you're doing. Which is, yeah. this is accidental. Like, kids are having um, mm -hmm. pot accidentally. They weren't ready for it. Neither were you, obviously, as a parent. And uh, now you're at the hospital. You wonder how they're going to, how they're going to make it so that a, a kid can can tell the difference between um, the real thing or whatever. Yeah. I mean... I, th I think it, they're going to find a way to do that to a degree, but mainly to educate the parents... How dangerous. Of course. You know, I think people don't stop to realize we had that concept of somebody drinks alcohol, drinks too much, or drinks something pseudo, how tr much trouble they can get into. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, you know, um, I forgot exactly what I was going to say, but it's like we need to make sure that these, when we normal, uh, when we legalize things, that we have these social conversations, right? It's not just about, oh, do we want pot on the market? It's also what's going to happen with edibles, bringing edibles home, um, having edibles available wherever we go, you know. That's why they delayed yeah. on it uh, yeah. here in Canada. Yeah. All right, Billy, wrapping up now. Thank you so much. We'll chat with you tomorrow. 
Red River, that's the code word for tomorrow. Oh, okay. <laughs> and not Red River Valley either. All right. We'll look forward maybe <laughs> yeah, to it. Yeah, you will. Yeah. We have a whole other hour of Kelly and Romeo coming your way, and we have Curious Minds in that hour with Christine Malik talking about the open AI chatbot. That'll be fun. Roundtable as well, facilitated by Kelly McDonald. Jim Crisco is our guest for today, but after the break, we're talking food weekly on the show to kick off Thursday's second hour with Mary Mamalee. We'll be right back. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.